1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: Hello, and thank you for calling, for coming in today. This is a, a great day. This is March. Excuse me. This is the day, first day before March. The last day of the month before March. It is February twenty eighth, two thousand nine. I thank you. This is creating a championship standard of living, and I am your host, Miles W. Miller. I want to especially thank you today. Normally, we do our, the show from sunny Peachtree Street in midtown uh, Atlanta, Georgia. But today I'm actually in uh, – I took the show on the road. I'm in Southfield, Michigan today. Uh, people, it is ice cold in Detroit. Don't let anybody fool you. It is cold here, and uh, I've gotten used to not seeing snow. Although I'm originally from Detroit, this is this is an amazing flight for me, and it's it's cold. Um, but I want to thank you all for listening today. I believe the show is going to be really good. I got a lot of good things planned for you, as usual. Um first and foremost though, before we go any further, I want to thank God for this opportunity to be able to talk to you and I release this show into his back into his hands and I allow the Holy Spirit to do as he sees fit with us today and I release it to him now so that I can so that we can go forward and that I also thank you for just you know continuing to support me. This has been an overwhelming um overwhelming event for me. I've actually Just really wanted to do this show, and I just went ahead and went forth. There were a lot of obstacles in my way, and I just pushed forward and did the show anyway. And you guys have really stepped up and and supported the show. I see a a lot of people downloading this podcast, uh, the archives. I thank you for that. And I'm just going to keep giving you more and more uh, good content so that you can be enriched throughout the week. So, without further ado, let's get started. Today, I have a really important topic I want to talk to you about. I see a lot of people uh, doing things, looking for greatness, trying to be, you know, who they've been called to be and walk walk out their destiny. And today I decided to devote today's show to um, therapy and healing for your greatness. I want you guys to know that it's important that you reach your destiny. And everything that I'm doing now is an attempt to assist you and walking out your destiny and walking out your greatness and doing what it is you've been called to do with no, um, with no constraints on you. And as we always do, um, I give you each week a piece of presidential wisdom from uh, our 44th president, President Barack Obama, uh, in hopes that it will inspire you and give you something uh, to hold on to. So this week's presidential wisdom is, in reaffirming the greatness of our nation, we understand that greatness is never a given. It must be earned. Again, I want to repeat that. In reaffirming the greatness of our nation, we understand that greatness is never a given. It must be earned. And I want to talk to you today about, again, the therapy and healing for your greatness. <laughs> Like I said, I coach a lot of people. I mentor a lot of people. I talk to lots of people. And one of the most common things that people would tell me is that they don't understand what it will really take for them to really get to where they're trying to go. It's like there's an invisible wall there keeping them away from the greatness. They can see it, but they can't really experience it. And I'm going to give you some few steps today that I know once you apply, you're going to see some changes happen in your life, and you're going to see yourself moving towards your your goals at a, much more rapid rate. So get a pen, and let's uh, go forward. The first thing that I believe is therapeutic and aids the healing for, for whatever causing you pain or has ever gone wrong, with, that has not allowed you to get going where you're going. The first step for therapy and healing for your greatness is acceptance current state. Acceptance of your current state. And when I say acceptance of your current state, that means that no matter what has happened over the course of your life, no matter what has happened to you in the past, no matter what has happened to you even a few seconds ago before you called in or before you even listened to this podcast, whatever has happened in your life, accept it and take ownership of it. You see, ownership is different than renting. Anybody who has a house, who's a homeowner, can tell you that there's a difference between a homeowner and a renter. And what's the difference between a a renter and a homeowner? The renter has no true stake in the property, but the homeowner always does. If your name's not on the deed, you really are are not as thoughtful of what goes on with that property as the person whose name is on the deed. So I, I say to you today, stop renting your life and own it. Stop renting your life and own it. That means... If something's going to happen in your life, take the responsibility for it. Take the ownership of it because if you, if you own it, you can change it. If, there's a, if, there, if you're somewhere in your life right now and you don't completely like where you are, accept it. Own it. Own it now. Become the owner of, of your life, and that, and that way you can change, and that way you can move forward. The next step for therapy and healing for your greatness is forgiveness. After you've owned the current state that you're in, you can you use forgiveness as a tool to to further release you. I talk to a lot of people again who this is one of the number one topics that we we always talk about, forgiveness and unforgiveness. People who hold grudges, I've I've been told that acid is a you know, acid is a very Depend on the degree or the type of acid that you use acid is a very destructive chemical, but that very same chemical does more damage to the container it holds it than the thing that is poured out on and so true are grudges and unforgiveness unforgiveness can just cause major functions in your body to shut down cause major organs not to work properly it can do all types of things to your body that you wouldn't even think is possible you go to the, you can actually be so mad at somebody to the point where it it can affect your vision. It can shut down your kidneys. It can shut down your liver. So it's really important just to let, if somebody hurts you, let it go. If somebody hasn't, you know, been who they need to be for you, let them go. You know, thank God, you know, that if you can forgive them, he can forgive you for the things that you may have done wrong because nobody here is perfect, including the person who's telling you now, I'm definitely not perfect. There's some things I'm dealing with now, but although, I'm dealing with them. I still have enough wherewithal to understand that I'm not perfect, but I'm also pushing forward to be a, to become a better person each day. But forgiveness is a major piece of the puzzle. And there's, there's always going to come a time where, you know, people will say, well, you don't know what I've been through. But the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter what you've been through. It matters where you're going, more importantly. So the third step for therapy and healing for your greatness, use statements of affirmation. Use statements of affirmation. One thing that I've uh, learned in my lifetime is that the words that come out of your mouth are powerful, and therefore you should choose them very wisely. Anything that comes out of your mouth creates has the power to to, to build up or tear down. That's why if you see a person who's, who's been verbally abused, and you 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 approach them right after they have been abused by somebody. You can see it in their in their face. They may not have gotten beaten, but with a fist, but emotionally they were they were shredded. Well, so too if you go up to a person and just comment and say, Hey, you know, that's a really nice shirt you have on today. Watch the reaction that you get from them because you affirm them. And, you, and when you affirm something, you build it up. Well, why not do that same technique for yourself? Let's build up yourself. Just say things to yourself like I'm I'm beautiful, I'm happy, I'm rich, I'm gorgeous, I'm I'm phenomenal. You know things that will that when you're when you hear them because faith comes by hearing. So what you're hearing, you're going to start believing. And if you believe a thing, there's a corresponding action to it. And anything you believe, you're gonna you're going to portray it. You're gonna you're going to show it. You're going to display it. everything that that's, that that is you. You're going to show it off. Whatever it is that is you believe. So affirm yourself. Talk to yourself in a in a in a positive manner. You know, look in the mirror and tell yourself you love yourself. When you get this podcast, when you download this podcast, tell yourself you love yourself. And it won't cost you anything. If anything it'll make you feel so much better about what's going on. Even even in forgiveness, use a statement of affirmation to forgive people. You know, a good statement could be I forgive everybody who's ever caused me any pain, and I release them now. I forgive everybody who's ever caused me any pain, and I release them now. And what you do is, when you when you when you say things like that, those words get power. And what happens is, you, not only do you forgive those people, not only do you release them, but you release yourself from any wrongdoing, any anything that would hold you back from being who you've been called to be. The next step I, I have for you here to use for therapy and healing for your greatness is to use vision boards. Use vision boards. And what I mean by vision boarding is um, basically I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary, and I have a, a tendency to, to see things that before they become so. Well, you have to see things before they become so. Your imagination is, is the best place that you can ever, you know, invest your time and your money into because what you see in your imagination, if you hold on to it long enough, you'll see it in, in your physical life, in your physical existence. So that's why it's really important what you think about, it, what you watch, what you hear, because all the things are forming, they're shaping your imagination. You don't. for myself personally, I'm also a, a writing coach and a, a editor, but I refuse to work with horror, people who write horror stories. I won't edit a horror story because I don't want to read it because that type of stuff can, can shape my imagination in a, in a way I don't want it. And I, I've worked too long to get my mind where it is now. I'm not going to you know, go backwards, but I personally, I watch and filter everything that comes in my mind because I want my imagination. I want my the playhouse of my imagination to be a, a ground where good things come to life. So in creating vision boards, I use a vision board to put pictures up of things that I, I want to do or the place I want to go, things I want to get. I have the car that I want, the house that I want, you know, the place I want to travel. I have them all on this board. And I look at them every day. And every time I look at them, I, I, I imagine myself there having fun or driving that car or, you know, walking it in on that beach, you know, things like that. And it doesn't cost you anything cause, because, you know, you get the pictures out of a magazine and put it on the board. And when you look at it, it if, if nothing else, that it just it, it's a fun thing to do, to look at it and say, you know what, one day I'm going to be there. It's, there's power in, in looking at it. It's, it's power in that. It's power in, in your imagination. You have to un, unleash it and use it. So uh, I have a quote for you as far as that's concerned. From um, I was watching the movie Rocky, and uh, Rocky's trainer, Mickey, was talking to him and was encouraging him, and he was telling him, if you see yourself doing good, you do good. If you see yourself doing good, you do good. So use your imagination for good. See yourself doing good stuff, and you'll do good. The next thing for for therapy and healing for your greatness is goal-setting. goal-setting. Set goals for yourself that are obtainable but yet challenging. And what I mean by obtainable is that if you are if you have a goal of losing, you know, 60 pounds, I'm speaking from personal experience, if you have a goal to lose 60 pounds, you won't lose 60 pounds overnight. Bar some major miracle, you're not going to lose 60 pounds overnight. So what's a more feasible step? Well, I could lose two pounds a week at least. And that's a that's a that's a tangible goal. I shoot for that mark, and then now I execute it. It's attainable, and it's also something that I, that I can see myself doing without killing myself. So, like I said, set goals that are attainable and can be accomplished. Set. It could be a goal. You know, there are such things as short-term goals and long-term goals. <clears throat> And what you want to do is specify which goals are more, I you know are important for, and, and for what reasons, and give them a time limit. And if a, if the time limit is you know three weeks or so, you know, understand. Ask yourself the question: Is this something I can do in three weeks? That I can that I can do in three weeks, with what I know and what I can do. And sometimes, you know, when we set goals, we just need somebody to hold. We may need somebody to hold us accountable. And to To keep us on track, because sometimes the goals may be attainable, but because of our own, you know, human as the human beings, a human being is naturally lazy, and sometimes we won't push when we could push. So sometimes it's really good to have a coach. And I'm not just saying it because I'm a life coach and I and I, I do this for people, but I'm telling you because it, it works. You need somebody to keep you accountable, and and keep you on your goal. Now, after you set your goals, the next step for therapy and healing for your greatness is to create order and remove clutter. Create order and remove clutter. If there's anything in your life that's cluttered, messy, dirty, or just downright filthy, it draws, it has an energy associated with it also, and that cluttered energy draws away from what you're doing, what you've been, you know, what you may be playing if it's like in your bedroom and you, you wonder why you never have energy to get up and do anything. Well, if, maybe if you, you know, could get things in order in, in that room order would be in your room and then you could have energy to do what you need to do. And I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience. I'm not perfect. Again, like I told you before, I'm talking to myself when I say this as well because there are things I need to do. I, I'm a messy person and I'm getting, I'm getting delivered from it. But, I know that if, if I could be better in that area right there, a lot of things would could have happened for me a lot quicker, a lot more efficiently, a lot smoother. So create a system in which you can, um, you know, properly do things, and you'll watch things, you'll watch your energy levels just increase. Next step for therapy and healing for your greatness, pour love on everything that you do. Pour love on everything that you do. Even if it's just going and talking to somebody that you never met before, just saying, tell them that you love them today or just hugging somebody and let them, you know, just to make them feel good about themselves, it shows and it affects how, how things happen. It affects how people receive you. It affects how people open doors for you. It affects how even you look at yourself. When you operate in love, love activates every gift. Every spiritual gift that you have, every gift that you have, love activates it. And if it's activated by something else, then it's out of order. But love is a great activator. And if you can move in love, you will, doors will open up for you that just were not possible being open for you. It opens up doors, of, it opens up favor, it opens up people wanting to help you. It opens up so many things. Love is is a universal language that can be spoken by in any language. People understand love. Whether you can, you can understand what they're saying or not, you can understand love. Put I, know, I have some friends who actually put hot sauce on everything they got, on everything they eat. With the ice cream, and some people may put hot sauce on ice cream, but you, you know that's how you should be loved. Just pour, be, see, love is hot sauce, and you just pour it on your chicken, and you pour it on your, your greens, you pour it on everything else you got on the plate. Just, just pour love on everything. Pour love on everybody you see, and and expect a difference, and expect expect for yourself for things to change in your own life. And the last thing that I have for you here for therapy and healing for your greatness. Learn to live life without regrets. Learn to live life without regrets. I have the the audacity to say this. I have reduced the number of things I regret that I haven't done, and I'm getting to the point where I, I have no regrets. And what I mean by no regrets, I mean give your best effort first all the time and then you can't worry about the results. If the results don't go the way you want them to go, that's okay. Guess what? You did, you gave your best effort. And if you give your best effort all the time, you'll never, you'll never, ever be able to say, I didn't do it. I didn't, I, I could have given some more and we lost. No, if I lost and I gave my best effort, then I'm okay with that. That means I got to get better. But if I lost and I never, never really tried, that, that doesn't sit well with me. Because I'm a champion. And, and inside of you, you are a champion. And champions find ways to win. They find ways to get things done. And I'm telling you to do that in your own life. Live life without regrets. I'm thankful because I hope, I know this has been, a, you know, really inspirational for you. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to segue into my our interview session for today. Um, speaking about, living life without regrets. I have for you uh, a great gift here. Uh, This young man, you may come on. He is the founder, publisher, and CEO of Opulence Magazine and also serves as the CEO of Warren Publishing, which publishes various books, magazines, and catalogs for his clients. Mr. Warren is also the founder and director of the Dare to Dream Foundation, a native of Phoenix City, Alabama, Mr. Warren also graduated from Central High School in 2001. Mr. Warren also attended the University of Alabama where he was a star track and field athlete and also received his B.S. in marketing. Mr. G.E. Warren, our next guest, is also the author of a book called No Regrets, Living Life to Your Fullest. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce to the audience Mr. G.E. Warren. Mr. Warren. Hello, Miles. How are you doing? I'm doing great, you sir.
2: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me out today.
0: Oh, it's an absolute blessing. I I appreciate you for coming out. Oh, you're so welcome. So we're we're going to get right into this, man. I'm excited because, you know, I heard you got a new book out called No Regrets. Could you tell us more about the book?
2: Um, yes, No Regrets is the title of the book, and it's a powerful book that really explains to the reader how they can live a life of no regrets, a life that gets them out of the mindset of, of ordinary thinking. Now, the book provides a roadmap on how you can overcome the fear of failure as well as the fear of success because a lot of times today, a lot of people, they're not necessarily afraid of failing They're afraid because they may feel like they don't have enough education to start pursuing their passions. They may feel like they don't have enough money or resources, and it causes them to be stuck in a place where they don't want to pursue their passions or their goals. So the book definitely provides a roadmap for that, and it also helps you identify the people that need to be in your circle of influence to help connect you with the world you're trying to create for yourself and pursuing your passions.
0: Okay, that's, that's great. That's great stuff. So, what would you say was your uh, motivation for writing the book?
2: For me, my motivation was seeing a lot of people that I came in contact with most of my adult life, um, just growing up and seeing people who were always passionate about doing something different, doing something greater, just doing something that was totally fulfilling and satisfying to them, but for whatever reason, they never decided to move out on that action. Um, I was able to study, you know, some of my closest friends and some of my closest family members, as well as when I got up in college and started to see professors and other people, and they just never really pursued their passions. They talked about it, but they may have had a situation to where they wanted to take care of their families. Um, Somebody may have had a – they got married. They may have had children. And whatever the reason was, which all are valid reasons, but they allowed those reasons to stop them from pursuing their goals. And that's what really motivated me to write this book because it's very practical and, like I said, it does provide that roadmap on how to get started pursuing those goals.
0: Okay. Okay. And that's a good thing. You know, you mentioned that people, you know, not really going after things that they that they want for whatever reasons. You know, and there's always going to be various reasons why you can't do this and why you can't do that. But I, you know, I think that's a good piece right there. You know, you you you're providing a blueprint here for people to, you know, to get going, regardless of what it may may have happened in your past. Again, like I was saying before, you know, learn to live a life of no regrets. You know, this Mr. Warren is is providing some great nuggets of information here and some knowledge for you. Um, mm-hmm. So what two points, what, just pick two major points that you think are, are, you know, dynamic. Now, I know you wrote the book, so it's going to be hard for you to just pick two, but just for today, pick two major points that you want your readers to pick up from the book.
2: The two major points that I would love for them to pick up is, for one, that you can live a life of no regrets. And when I say a life of no regrets, that doesn't mean that you won't have things that you know, you may sometimes want to wish you can do over, Um, a life of no regrets for me is living a life that's totally fulfilling and satisfying and whatever scope that may be to you. Um, For our parents, it may have been, you know, taking care of my kids, making sure they got through college, making sure that they were provided for. Um, That could be a life of no regrets. Now, for someone who's younger in the younger generation, a life of no regrets could be graduating high school, being the first person from your family to graduate college and going on to get a good job and move up in that career field. Um, a life of no regrets is meaning how can you set the bar for the future generation to come behind you and be successful in whatever career field they want to. It's been that role model for them. And the second point that I would like to say is just at the end of the day, living a life of no regrets, the book talks about how the importance of relationships and setting goals. Um, It's definitely important to have relationships and have people that you can plug into to help train you and mentor you and guide you along the way of pursuing your goals and your passions. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to get across through my book was putting that roadmap out for people to see step-by-step ways that you can start even if it's once a month, once a week, once every other month, just doing something to pursue your passions and your goals. I really would like to tonight everyone who read the book to just go back over your mind and think about the life that you dreamed about when you were younger. What is it that you wanted to do? When was the last time you took a vacation? When was the last time you lived your life outside of the box of ordinary living, just getting up, going to work, going to school, going home? That is really what I want to get across through the book.
0: And, and sir, I, that's a very valid point right there. That's a very valid point. A lot of people, you know, they, they look at their lives with constraints, and they don't look at, okay, what if. You know, children have a tendency to to do things differently than, than adults do because children have, have this, this childlike faith that they don't think that they can't do anything. Exactly. And when you, when you have that, that mentality, okay, well can I just look at this like I I can that I can't not do it. let me look at it like I can do it. Let me look at it like this this is a possibility. And it changes the whole perspective of how you think. You know, hey, we see it you know, I, I go back to this all the time. I I'm honored to be alive now during a time when we have our first African American president of the United States of America it's it may not people who who aren't African American may not understand the significance of it. But the significance of it is one major point is that, yes, we can. As President Obama says, yes, we can. That means that no matter what has happened in your lifetime, no matter what excuse has been doled out to you for why you can't achieve anything, yes, you can. In 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 spite of fear, in spite of the things that we see, you know, the Bible talks about how Abraham, against hope, believed in hope. Against how things look, he believed that, you know, if God promises to me, I can do it. It can happen. And that's, you know, that's one thing I want to add to what Mr. Warren is saying here also, people, is that against hope, believe in hope. No matter what it looks like, no matter what people may tell you, no matter what you may even think yourself, it's possible. Things that, that are inside of you are possible. And if you take the blueprint that Mr. Warren is laying out here for you now in his book, No Regrets, you can truly live a life of no regrets. Well, Mr. Warren, I don't want to keep you all day, but I want to, if there's anything you want to let the people know, where can we find the book? Things like that. Uh, how can we? How can people book you for you know for speaking engagement, Things like that.
2: Um, yes, definitely. You can actually purchase the book. Um, you can go to www.amazon.com. The book is available there, and you can just go to the book section and type in "No Regrets" in the title, and the book should pull up. Um, you can also um, go on MySpace. Um, and purchase the book off of myspace.com slash Warren Speaks, and that's W-A-R-R-E-N Speaks. Um, And then you can also email me directly at G-E Warren Speaks at gmail.com. And once you email me, um, let me know that you're interested in purchasing the book, and I'll have someone on my staff contact you to go ahead and get all of your information so we can get the books out to you. The books are only $15, and I promise you that it will bless your life. Um, that $15 does include shipping and handling, so you don't have to worry about paying any additional costs. And the one thing I do want to leave each one of your listeners with is just a quote that I like to say with everyone that I've talked to. And it's just to live a life of passion, inspiration, celebration, and progression in front of everyone that you encounter. So that they may see the glory of God revealed in your life. And that's what I want to leave you guys with today.
0: Wow. That's a major, that's a major thing there, you know. That so do make sure the things you're doing people are are revealing God's glory in you. Exactly. Well, Mr. Warren, we appreciate you so much here today. I want to thank you again and um again we're gonna go out and we're gonna we're gonna buy this book. This is a book that you need to have. Any dreamer, any visionary needs to have this book. Uh, Mr. Warren, we thank you again, and um, we look forward to you coming back to to visit us again.
2: I will do, man. I definitely thank you for having me out, and it was
0: definitely a blessing. Yes, sir. All right. You have a great day. You too, sir. All right. Well, people, we're uh, we're going to keep moving on in the show here. I have another guest coming on later in the show. We're going to talk about some of the state of affairs with the uh, economy. I've got an economic specialist for you guys. Um, but while we're waiting for, for him to come on, I wanted to offer you something. Um, I wanted to offer you an encounter for your greatness. What, I, what am I saying by an encounter for greatness? An encounter for your greatness is this. In our lifetimes, we're going to be faced with many challenges Many things are going to come to try to, you know, disrupt our flow from being the person that we've been called to be. Something that could come to, to disrupt, you know, your your thinking, your your vision, and how you actually even execute. I was watching a movie the other day, um, the Mike Tyson uh, movie back from uh, '95, and one of the things I heard uh, uh, Tyson's trainer uh, Cus D'Amato say to him he's like, he told him that a professional. It's somebody who who can perform regardless of how they feel inside. And I know many people out there that you want to get to that place in your career, in your goals, in your in your life where you can just perform. You know, no matter what in, the situations are, you want to be able to perform. Well, I want to be that coach to you. I want to be the person who, you know, you call and, and you have a person who's going to hold you accountable for your goals and who's going to help you get to that, that place where you're supposed to be, who can help you become that performer that under any circumstances you can, you can do what you have to do in your life, in your career, in your business. And um, so I say an encounter with your, for your greatness. I want to personally coach each and every one of you. Everybody who can hear my voice and who hears this podcast, I want to be your personal coach. And I'm, I'm placing a special offer in front of you for only 25 dollars. $25, you can get a, your a first encounter with a life coach, with a, a, a di- dynamic life coach who can help you get going in the right direction for your life. We can, we would, The encounter would include a goal-setting plan, you know, creating a blueprint for you to, to get moving in the direction of your dreams. And just sometimes it's just good to talk things out with somebody who's objective, who could, you know, really give you an idea, an insight on how to, to move forward with your goals. So what I said, an encounter for your greatness. I want anybody who hears my voice who who wants to, to know what I hear you hear me but you want to know more about what I'm talking about. I want you to send me an email at Miles W. Miller. That's M Y L E S W M I L L E R at Gmail dot com. And I want to be your coach and put in the subject an encounter. Well, we're gonna go move right ahead with the uh next section here. Um with today's economy, there's there's a lot of things going on. Um, you know, the stimulus package has been uh, approved. Uh, uh, President Obama has been doing some things to try to, you know, get our faith, get the, the people's faith back up in the government and and in the economy of the government. And a lot of things are going on. People are losing jo- People are still losing jobs. People are still, you know, struggling in some areas of their lives. But there's got to be hope. Like I was saying before, against hope, there has to be hope. Uh, we have to. There has to be some sort of way that we can keep our minds focused on doing, you know, doing our normal tasks, even in spite of the things that are going on with the economy. And to help us out with this, I'm bringing on a special guest. He's an expert economist, and also he's a lifetime student of the financial sector of our economy. Uh, he received his Master's Degree in Economics from the University of Michigan, and he is currently the Managing Director of Consulting Services at the Scion Group, a real estate services firm headquartered in Chicago. So without further ado, I'd like to bring forth to you our economic expert, Mr. Jason A. Taylor.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, sir. It's good It's good hearing, hearing from you today, sir.
1: Likewise. Likewise.
0: So, Mr. Taylor, um, like I was telling the audience before, you know, there's a lot of things going on in the economy. Could you, I mean, you know, you study this thing. What does the stimulus package mean for, you know, the, the everyday worker, the people who, you know, have been putting into the government and, and really, you know, have been seeing it, you know, we see the big companies been getting bailouts and things like that. What does this mean to the person who has been really the most affected by things going on with the economy?
1: Sure. Well, that's a great question and, uh, you know, one that I think we've heard a lot lately, which is obviously the government is spending, uh, you know, uh, untold sums of money that, you know, are really unprecedented. And obviously uh, the question is, you know, why and how are we spending so much money uh, to to kind of, uh, you know, do this uh, stimulus package? So, you know, I think um, uh, obviously uh, if you're looking at the individuals who are most affected it's clearly uh, those who've lost their jobs, uh, those who, uh, you know, are no longer in work. Those who are in that "quote unquote" eight uh, to nine percent. I think of us who who are unemployed, and, and obviously there's a larger number that they aren't counting. But we could believe that's probably another discussion for another day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sir. I'm sorry. What's that?
0: No, I was agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: uh, but with that being said, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily guarantee anyone a job first and foremost. Uh, But what it does mean is that there are a number of sectors uh, where the government has uh, decided to do some uh, spending, much of which is stimulative, but admittedly not all of which is stimulative, which may certainly lead to more, the availability of more jobs and more uh, money in the system, as it were, money in the markets, uh, in the open market generally overall. So, uh, you know, clearly, first of all. The funds that they are providing to the states for, uh, you know, public assistance programs. So the extension of uh, the money that's being provided for an extension of unemployment insurance and unemployment benefits. Uh, If you're currently unemployed, you've now got an extra six weeks uh, that, you know, the government is funding literally in all 50 states. Uh, The federal government is funding all 50 states uh, to, you know, try to find a job. Uh, The fact that they're spending uh, several billion dollars, tens of billions of dollars on shovel-ready um, construction projects which is huge. Now, you know, it doesn't mean that we should all uh you know rush out to our nearest trade school and, and learn a construction trade because the fact of the matter is uh, the fact of the matter is that you know those who are going to be employed first are obviously going to be those who are employed first who uh, have uh, you know those skills. Uh, and can sell them uh but but what that does mean is that there's more money in the system, and obviously uh you know money begets money, so to speak right. and that's really the root of the problem, and that's really the goal of the stimulus package. Uh, there's a couple of examples that are put money back into the system to get uh the markets kind of moving and flowing again so that money is exchanging hands
0: okay so how does does this affect the small business owner like the entrepreneurs how 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 do they how they plan to, or not so much plan to, but how can they expect to, you know, use this 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 new, you know, growth? How can they expect to to get themselves in the middle of that growth? Sure.
1: Well, you know, I I think um uh, the phrase growth I think is maybe a little bit deceptive. You know, one of the things that um the uh, uh, administration, the Obama administration, has said is that their plan, based on its size, uh, will save um. Three million jobs. Uh, First, they were saying using the word create as if it was a growth. Now they're saying save and really the word to focus on there is save because by most estimates, um, uh, what we've been told at least is that there are five million people who are uh, newly newly out of work people over the past uh, less than 12 months uh, and uh, we can anticipate that there would be another three or four million uh, at least in this year. And so the hope there is that there's not necessarily growth per se. Uh, but that the direct result of the stimulus plan is that it saves jobs. So how does it help a small business owner or an entrepreneur? I think, uh, you know, first and foremost, I think, you know, it's all depending on what market that you're in and what business that you're in, uh, it's always good for there to be uh, kind of more money out there in general. Um, uh, It's certainly the case that if you're in a business uh, that relates to some of these new sectors of the economy, for example, we keep hearing about, green building and green jobs. Uh, if you're in a sector that is isn't any way related to that, uh, you know, you really need to be on your, on your job on top of your uh, uh, research and understanding how you can uh, not only share in stimulus money, uh, but also uh, how you can uh, become an expert and become a leader in that field because, you know, it's really those individuals who were doing this green stuff back when we were calling them hippies and whatnot a decade right. ago.
2: Uh, we're really going to
1: benefit the most now. Uh, you know, that's certainly probably not the level of hope that maybe your listeners want to hear, uh, but uh, it's absolutely kind of where we're at right now. The goal of the stimulus is really, you know, there's there's two different types of recovery models, there's a U-shaped recovery and a V-shaped recovery, and obviously they're exactly what they sound like. In a U-shaped recovery, we're at the bottom for a while and it's a curve and a V-shaped recovery. We hit the bottom and we bounce back up. And and the goal is that uh, the the stimulus money will get to the bottom faster and start to bounce back up. We'll cut off the bottom part of that U. That's really the goal of the stimulus. And so it is not necessarily that there will be growth, uh, uh, but but what there will be uh, if if the goals uh, and the aims of it work out is that there uh, will be uh, more money in the markets, uh, jobs that people would be losing 12 months from now will be saved, and then we will begin to see some growth.
0: Okay. So wh- what advice would you give the normal consumer? I mean, I know this is a time where we, we don't like using that word recession or, you know, depression or whatever, but these are, I mean, this is an economic, I mean, the government has been telling us that things are going to get better, get worse before they get better. And, you know, this is just it's being completely Fair and being honest, we know that things are, are are going to get a little stiffer. What advice would you give to the, the everyday consumer, you know, to prepare for, you know, the, the ride if in case you know the V the U doesn't become a V and it stays a U?
1: Sure. Well, I, you know, I think uh, Miles, there are certain um, principles that we've gotten away from both in terms of banks and the markets as well as in our own uh, private finance. Uh, you know, one of those things is that uh, obviously we spent a lot of uh, energy and time and money uh, in the '90s and 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 kind of through in the, until the past couple of years, uh, with everyone having massive sums of credit that they never uh, and debt that they never retired. Um, you know, so if you're in a position to begin retiring your debt, uh, I would say that that's one of the things. I think that uh, everyone, uh, no matter who you are and, and no matter if you know you can count on unemployment or count on other. Uh, sources of income. If you have a primary job that you know you have any inkling at all whatsoever that you're not 100% uh, safe, then uh, you know again there's there's those principles that come into play, such as make sure that you've got in in a savings account money that you can live off of for up to four or five months. Um, you know that that's uh, you know a principle that you know I, you know uh, uh, I think those a little bit older than us uh, uh, may have learned and. Uh, one that, you know, we should really be exercising, which is, you know, yes, you're going to have unemployment, but, you know, I can tell you, and I have friends who are unemployed, and I know what you get when you're on unemployment, it doesn't pay your bills in the same way that your job is. uh I've been there before. <laughs> absolutely. So whatever it is that you spend, uh, uh, you know, in a month, uh, you know, taking away maybe entertainment other things that aren't necessary, you know, you need to have things like your, your uh, rent or your house note, uh, your bills, uh, and so forth, you need to have, like I said, I would say at least four months of that in cash on hand at all times. I wouldn't consider that money you can go at some point and invest. I would not consider th- I would simply consider that the money that's sitting there for a rainy day, so to speak, uh, and, and I think that's one thing that, that folks need to, to build up and not a lot of folks have. The other thing, like I said, is to begin to retire debt. Uh, if you 've got a lot of credit cards, if you've got student loan debt, et cetera, if you can make a payment of you know fifty dollars more a month than you have been, or you know uh you know the old adage is everyone knows if you 're just paying the minimum, you'll never pay it off um, right. you know so you can pay a little bit more than that every month if you can afford if you have a job that's based on a bonus system and you get a bonus every month, a quarter a year to uh, put some of that money instead of using that for a vacation or for you know or even saving that money necessarily begin to use that money to retire your debt because ultimately when the credit markets do begin to loosen up and, and they have begun somewhat to loosen up um you know you're going to be able your ability to get credit will be uh you know based on your uh the ratio of debt to your income that you have now so you know and then obviously miles there there are the things that we all do when times are tougher we don't you know go out for a drink with our coworkers, or uh, sure. you know uh on, on friday we don't uh you know, uh, instead of going to uh, a fancy restaurant, you know, we might go to a sit-down joint, uh, you know, down the street from us. Uh, we might go to you know, McDonald's, for goodness sake. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's little things like that, but, you know, you begin to realize uh, that if you're – and, you know, one thing I always tell people, track your spending. Just look at what you're spending a week and what you're spending it on. Uh, and I think you would be surprised at how quickly it adds up, $20 here and $30 there. Uh, can be huge, so while well, I don't think uh, we, we are required at this point anyway to become a nation a nation of coupon clippers uh, which, sure. and if you are a coupon clipper, then that's your business uh, well I don't think we're required to do that. I do think that it's incumbent upon all of us to be uh, uh, frugal and to at least uh, attempt i think if you're in a position that uh, you know you need to be saving or, or retiring your debt uh, those two things principally uh, that you could uh, be looking for opportunities to save money and so you know instead of shopping at Whole Foods uh, this month maybe you'll alternate and one month you'll shop at Whole Foods and the other month you'll, you'll shop at your local Publix or Dominic's or, uh, you know, whatever is your, your local grocery store. Um, uh, but I think it's, it's really those little things that are going to begin to help individuals uh, to, to pull themselves out.
0: Okay. So another thing I wanted to ask you, uh, Jason, um, what do you think is a, a viable timetable for the, the recovery of this, of this economic uh, situation we've been involved in here?
1: Sure. Well, I think, it, I think it's dependent in large part upon which sector that you're in. Um, okay. You
0: know, there,
1: there is, um, uh, you know, as we talk about the notion of trickle-down uh, economics, what it's really become because of the kind of strata of, uh, uh, of businesses and of, of, of sectors of business, it's really become a trickle-across, if you will, type of right. economy. And so, you know, I think it's going to begin in the construction uh, industry, I think uh, that, that seems pretty obvious in terms of where immediately stimulative funds are going. Uh, I think as we talk about quote-unquote green jobs and establishing wind farms and investing in green building and so forth, that that's where it's going to start. That's where the recovery, where the recovery will begin. And, and my notion is that that recovery will begin over the next, uh, let's call it six months. Uh, I think uh, absolutely you know, by the end of the summer, uh, we should begin to see a lot of those industries Uh, trot back up. Um, I think what will become of that, obviously, is that once individuals uh, have money in their pockets again and are are willing to spend it instead of throwing it uh, in the bank just to to save it, which I do recommend, Uh, but once individuals are spending money, I think that you're going to see the service industry, I think, is going to begin to come back. And I think that that's uh, one of the real tests. I heard uh, the President talk about uh, you know, with reference to the housing crisis and that that was, uh, you know, housing was one of the ways that you would know the economy is coming back. But I, I tend to think, Miles, because, you know, you have to look at what is the lowest hanging fruit, so to speak. And the fact of the matter is that, you know, while, you know, we're saying things like extending, uh, 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 not social security, extending unemployment uh, is not stimulative. On the other hand, the individuals to whom you're giving the money are those who are most likely to go out and spend it. If you're on unemployment, the likelihood that if I give you an extra hundred dollars or an extra two hundred dollars that you can afford to even save it versus something else you could be paying that you're not caught up on or need to, you know, need to catch right. up on. Uh, the, the likelihood is that it's going right back out of your pocket into the economy, uh, and so I think uh, that, that that will begin to uh, manifest itself. Uh, I believe in the service industry. Now, the housing market is, of course, a whole other question, uh, and I think that. Uh, a year from now, maybe, you know, 16 months from now, the middle of next year, we'll see the housing uh, market come back. It's not going to come back to where it was uh, four years ago, three years ago, uh, but I do think it's going to come back. And the fact of the matter is there are still areas in this country that are well overbuilt where the housing market, uh, you know, for better or worse, this is part of a correction. And I know that's inhumane to say, but it, it, it sounds inhumane to say, but it's true. Okay. taking so,
0: so, a, a- a question coming in from the, um, from the chat room. So I want to see it. I'm we you put a different spin on it. Um, the question is, I'd like to know if it's better to keep credit card debt or sa- to save the money instead during this economic time.
1: Sure. That's, uh, that's a great question. Thank you for the question. I think that's a great question. And you know, I, I think the answer is it depends on the extent of the credit card debt, uh, that you have. Um, it, you know, if, if you're paying, uh, incredibly high interest rates on very high uh, amounts of debt. If you can make dents in that, uh, then my advice would be to do that, to make those dents in that to be paying something uh, slightly more than uh, your minimums. But if you have uh, relatively low credit card debt, relatively, uh, if if your um, uh, interest rates haven't spiked on you in the way that it has on many, uh, then it might behoove you to continue to pay whatever it is you're paying on your credit card debt and instead to be putting that money in the bank. Uh, you know, just in case. Uh, So, you know, I would say it it really, I don't know that either one is better than the other. I think it just depends on your individual uh, circumstance. And, of of course, one of those questions you might want to ask yourself is, gee, if I were to lose my job and and wind up on unemployment for a month or two months, would I be able to make the payments on my credit cards? If your debt is that high that you wouldn't even be able to make the payments were you to uh, lose your job, then you might consider using that money now uh, because, you know, saving it is just, using it later to pay down interest that you've accrued.
0: Right. I think even also myself, um, you mentioned some major points there. Um, Debt is one of those things that I I like. I hate that word. I don't don't like even hearing that word. I don't like to owe people anything. And um, what would you suggest, okay, for a person like myself, I don't really want to use credit cards to do anything.
1: Of course. You know whether
0: whether the economic system is good or not. I don't really like using credit cards because you know I look at the credit card. I know that I got to pay that bill at the end of the month. But sometimes you know with everything going on, I may not remember to pay it. So I like to use cash. That way, I know that what I got is mine. What do you ha- what advice would you have for somebody like that who they do everything in cash, but they've been tempted to use credit cards to try to get through this this time? What would you I mean, would you suggest to them sure. as a, a way to you know to keep their their normal game plan?
1: Well, you know, I would, I would not suggest a credit card as a way to uh, uh, buoy your available income so that you can make it uh, through, you know, what is a slowdown. I would suggest, however, Miles, to you and anyone who doesn't have a credit card that you get one, uh, <laughs> and while I understand exactly where you're coming from, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, there is a place for debt um, in the overall system. Right. Okay. There's a place for us to be taking out loans. There's a place for small businesses to be using loans uh, to grow. Uh, there's a place for uh, companies that have to have commercial paper programs, for example. Th- there's a place for all that. There's a place for debt. Now, we've completely kind of messed that up in the way that we've uh, uh, wildly speculative to give, speculatively given away uh, credit, that people have gone into, people and in institutions have gone into debt when they weren't credit worthy enough to do so. But, you know, again, to this question of simply owning a credit card, I think you have one of the things you have to remember is that in order to build a uh, credit worthiness, in order to build a credit profile for yourself, you should keep one. And you actually, uh, one of the things you shouldn't do, uh, believe it or not, is to pay it off every month. Uh, I've heard people say that, well, I have a credit card, but I pay it off at the end of every month. That actually doesn't boost your credit worthiness because it doesn't sure. show that you can manage debt. You never actually went into debt, and so uh, what you should do is, if you have a credit card, uh, regardless of what your limit might be, uh, keep a balance on it that is, you know, 10% of of whatever is your credit limit. Keep a balance of a couple of hundred dollars, for example, on the cards that you can show that you can manage debt. And you know, Miles, if if you need me to, uh, you know, send you a text message or give you a call once a month to remind you to pay your, pay your bill, I can do that for you. But, but again, I, I wouldn't recommend using the credit card, uh, you know, uh, as a way to get through. Uh, it, it's never going to work. You're going to you're going to sink that way.
0: You're not going to be able to. Well, that, that's that's dynamic stuff here. Um, so, Jason, we're getting, ready to, we're getting ready to end pretty soon. But is there anything else that you want to share with the people before you go? Um, maybe something that oh, – Jason, are you still there? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, I thought we lost you. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to share with the people, you know, just something out of your heart maybe just to get people going in the right direction, give them some hope, you know, that things are, things could get better for them, things can get better and things will get better?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think um, you know I'm, I'm a firm believer in uh, uh, the things that Miles uh, has been uh, teaching and coaching uh, in the past uh, several years, and you know I think one of the things that uh, Miles has taught me, uh, Miles, that you have taught me, and that uh, I hope folks have, have read your book, The Power of Conquering Fear, and I hope that uh, you know people are going to email you, and and uh, you know I caught that part of the segment before, uh, and, and use you as a life coach because you truly are the captain of your own destiny. Uh, And and that really uh, is, whether it be financial, personal, or otherwise, Um, you know, uh, people have been unemployed before. Uh, You know, I know there are a lot of people who who are unemployed who may be your listeners now who don't see a a light at the end of the tunnel. But, you know, uh, the first thing I always tell myself, Miles, is someone has been here before, and they turned it into an opportunity for themselves. And, you know, the goal is to, you know, what interests you? Where are the opportunities? And they may be hard to find, and they may not be there now. But, you know, uh, if you don't keep working for it now, when the opportunity comes, you won't be there for it. Uh, and so, you know, I, you know, my best advice to people is, uh, through these financial times, is to be prudent, uh, to be uh, relatively frugal uh, to, you know, those two things, which are retire your or pay down your debt to the extent possible and to make sure that you're saving uh, uh, an amount that can get you through for a few months on your on your vital income. Uh, and, and, you know, and obviously uh, to keep working at it because, you know, you can do it, and the only thing that's ever going to hold you back uh, in the long term is going to be yourself. Well,
0: wow. that's the um, that, that's the thing right there. Um, the only thing that can stop you, people, is you. You have to understand that, that's, and that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. You know, take ex, accept where you are, accept your current state, take ownership of where you are right now, and then once you take ownership of something, you anything that's yours, you can change. If you don't like the direction that you're going in now, you can always change it. If you own it, this is your life, and you have to step up. And you have to, you know, the times are tough, but you know, tough times don't last, but tough people do. And this is where we have to, you know, get tough inside ourselves and say, you know what, I'm not gonna take this. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose. I'm, I know this, this is, these are bad times for some people, but for me, I'm not. This is gonna be a change. I'm not gonna lose. I want to, you know, we got people coming on these, on this show every week now telling you you know giving you advice good advice you know that you can put into play right away and you know change your life I mean dynamics this is stuff you know what Jason just told you this is some good stuff i mean you if you apply it in your financial um your financial plan or even your personal plan th- these are, these are things that we can all use that we can you know we can all if we all just take ownership of where we are we can put ourselves in a position that when things get better cuz things are going to get better we may not know what time they're going to get better, but they're going to get better. And when they they are they do become better, we want to be in a position to enjoy that time too. Because guess what? Enjoying the good times is a result of enduring some bad times. So, think about everything that we we discussed today. What the guests have told you guys, this is a dynamic moment for you. You know, these are the times where you can we're going to talk to our, our grandchildren and our great grandchildren, and tell them how we made it out. And, and there'll always be a blueprint for how they can make it out too. Well, we got. I want to thank each and every one of the guests that came on today, um, Mr. Jason A. Taylor, uh, Mr. G. E. Warren, um, and also to let you guys know that uh, my book, The Power Conquer, and Fear, as Jason mentioned, uh, is available at Lulu.com. That is l-u-l-u.com forward slash m-w-miller-18. I will put this post on my uh, blog later in the week. But I want to thank you all for you know, your questions that came out today. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen. I don't take this lightly. I really appreciate this. This is the end of the month, and we've been doing this since February 1st. And, the, I mean, you guys are really making me, you know, you're encouraging me. I, I did this. I'm doing this for you, but I'm seeing that you guys are really enjoying it. I'm, I'm looking at it. People are downloading the podcast. People are uh, telling their friends about it. I got people emailing me, you know, with questions about things. That they've heard on the radio shows, and I want to keep this up. If you if you know of anybody who can can really benefit from hearing this show, forward them a podcast. Forward them a link to the podcast, and you know listen to the show and use it yourself. And I, I really believe that you know there's some great things inside of me for you, and I want to be able to you know continue pouring them out. And it's been a great a great great month. Uh, this is the first month you know in the can now, and I'm thoroughly excited because you guys have really been showing me a lot of love and I I'm I'm gonna keep showing you love back too. I'm gonna keep pouring love back on you too, just like hot sauce. Um again I want to thank you. Thank you all for coming out. I wanna say God bless you. I want you to remember that no matter what it looks like, against hope, believe in hope. And you're gonna be good. You're gonna be real good. This is this this these are tough times but they Tough times don't last always, but tough people do. With that in mind, I want you to remember this. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit in your dreams. God bless you. This is Miles W. Miller signing out for Creating a Championship Standard of Living, and I'll see you next week. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, the moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Going to finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send him my condolences.
2: Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.